Yo. Yo, what's up? What up? All right, let's get down to it. All right. All right. So. Every time going on right now, you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So let's see. First, first matter of business, yo boy, Neil. <laughs> <laughs> so we got Nelly versus Louis. All I can okay. say is STL, <laughs> we definitely took an L. It's, it's no way around it. Yeah, unfortunately, and you know, I am a staunch Nelly fan. You know, I, I love how Nelly represents our city and everything else. But unfortunately, he didn't bring the funk on this one. His internet connection made the <laughs> battle something for that me. you want to forget for real. Because when you, you got to have your internet connection straight when you're Listen. battling. Let me tell you something. I was listening to somebody else's podcast and they said that uh, niggas was like, Nelly was on that Metro PCS connection. I'm, I'm all done. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? I, I'm, I'm faulting. I'm putting the Raising Canes at fault. Nelly Riley showed up. He had on his wife Vita. He was bopping around. We could all see the Raising Canes vividly right, clear. Right. And shit just went downhill. So, I just feel like with all with all this access to red high rippies, emos, street rice, whatever, nigga, you could have had some Ted Drews, my nigga. I, you know what I'm saying? Some frozen yeah, right, custard. right. You got to so rep- all- when you represent in the city, you got to represent it all the way. You nigga ain't even had he ain't had no vest soda. You know what I'm saying? Like, come yeah, on, nigga. Uh-huh. Like, you could have. All these St. Louis, all these St. Louis uh, snacks available, and you had some trifling ass raisin canes. So yeah, now I will give him, I will give him points for for representing U City with the U City jersey on. So I give him points for that. Nigga, ain't no points for that bullshit. <laughs> there was an L. We took an L. Nah, they he took had an the L. City jersey on. He had the Atlanta uh, uh, Hawks jersey on. Battle Hawks. So. He 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 represented the city well. Nelly Nelly kind of kind of missed the nah. boat on that. He, he represented shit. <laughs> he had that <laughs> raisin cane and that piss quest connection, nigga. Everybody, yeah. this what I'm trying to figure out. Everybody else in St. Louis connection was working fine during the same storm where we was able to see <laughs> that this nigga was on some bullshit, but this nigga was study having connectivity issues. Nigga, yeah. I know niggas that ain't even paid their cable bill in the last two, three months. Shit. And <laughs> they still had yeah. access. So what did he, you say? I, I want to get a new internet provider. He just he, might want to get a new internet provider. But hey, it is what it is. You know, unfortunately, it was kind of sort of like the original uh, Teddy Riley and Babyface. With, Nelly Riley. With the, with, with the issues he was having, they probably just should have said, you know what? Right now, I can't get I can't get my internet right. Let's put this back a week and try to Metro PCS. It it wasn't it wasn't hitting. But like I said, you know, Nelly, hey, my dude. Shout out to Luda though. Shout out to Luda because Luda had yeah. patience. I'm like, I posted that. I'm like, yo, Luda must do yoga because that nigga had had <laughs> had the utmost patience because I'd have been so. Hey, hey, Cornel, check this out, homie. Uh, <laughs> this shit ain't gonna work. <laughs> holla, holla at me when you get your shit together, cause I ain't yeah. no in here. I would have stayed around for all that. But shout yeah. out to Luda for uh for sticking it out. 
But yeah, shout out to Luda. Luda Luda gets down, and you know, I I kind of forgot about Luda's catalog. Luda got a pretty solid catalog. Yeah, you know, Luda Luda's catalog is really, really, really solid. I mean, you know, he's he's got some. I mean, you know, his early stuff was always jamming, but you know, you kind of forget about some of the stuff that he did. I I actually forgot about area codes. It's been so long since I'd actually heard it. So, you know, shout out to the three and five, one, two, you know, so I forgot about that, you know, but it it was one of those things. Some of the songs he was playing, I hadn't heard in so long. So it was like, man, it was, you know, it was kind of, kind of, I forgot about that chance to check out some of his, some of his catalog. Lula's catalog is solid. I mean, don't get me wrong. Nelly's got a solid catalog too. The thing that just, that bullshit that was unreleased that ain't nobody heard before. Yeah. You got to play your hits. You got to play your hits. And he got some hits. So my thing is, look, oh, man, yeah, play, sure. you know, play, play, play your hits, play what got you to the point where you at. And then, you know, when you go out on concert, then you can do the new stuff. Then you but play the new shit that ain't nobody heard. But let us hear what we yeah. know. He playing stuff that was on mixtapes and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, and that ain't going to get it done. Niggas ain't got no mixtapes no more. Hey, I, you know, I, I'm going to look at it like this. It, it didn't go over like it was supposed to. Unfortunately, St. Louis didn't represent fully. You know, if if, if everything St. Louis didn't represent, we was ready. What you mean? <laughs> we showed up and we was ready. Cornell Hayes <laughs> Jr. did not represent. He was walking around with that white beater in their raising canes. Niggas, STL was on deck because we was the ones asking questions. Like, what the fuck is this? What is he doing? We was the ones asking questions. We was in tune. He was not. So it, it was one of those things, you know, unfortunately. Maybe, you know, if 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 they hold true to what they were talking about, maybe try to do this, uh, do a tour once things come come back to normal with the coronavirus and everything. You know, that'd probably be kind of cool to see, you know, old school rap artists from the 90s coming out, get, getting a swerve on and from the 90s and 2000s getting a swerve on. So, you know, I think that'd be a, a concert people would like to see. Oh, okay, well, I mean, it it could be, but in the meantime, mm-hmm. I'm just trying to see what what's the what what battles they got coming up next. I know me personally, I'm sticking with my with my faith pick from last week, which is I still need the A ball and MJG versus UGK. I need that to be official. Now, yeah, uh, I'm down with that. I'm down with that. Now, the one that I that I ended the podcast on that I didn't say, but I told people that I was going to bring it up this week and let mm-hmm. them hear it. My ultimate battle that I need is Raphael Sadiq versus Stokely Carmichael. So for niggas that don't know names, Tony, Tony, Tony versus Men Condition. That's what I need. I would also take... Missy versus Pharrell in a producer's battle. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm down with that. Now, I'm down with that. And that's actually song. that's actually a pretty good. That would actually be a good one. That would actually be a good one because both, both of them both got of their production shit. catalogs are are sick. You know. Yeah. Definitely. So, then yeah, so. just on some on some laid back cool shit, I could take an Alicia Keys versus John Legend, just a piano battle. I don't need Alicia mm-hmm. to sing nothing. I don't need her to touch a microphone. Hey, 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 just, hey, 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 hey. Don't be disrespecting Alicia Keys now, because that's my girl. Listen, I love me some saying. Alicia Keys. 
Well, you, you and Swiss, I guess. I'm, I'm a love. I love me some Alicia Keys. Alicia Keys Y'all got more talent than her one little finger. You know what I'm saying? People, Y'all people be sleeping on Alicia Keys. Alicia I ain't, Keys I ain't sleeping on. on her, and I ain't sleeping with her. So y'all can have it. She, <laughs> she for the streets. You know what I'm saying? I'm good. But they're all my inner hood rat shit. I could mm-hmm. go for a Megan Thee Stallion versus Cardi battle. But that's hmm, just okay. my, that's just my inner hood rat that would like to see that. Now, okay, outside okay. of that, listening to um, what Swiss Beats was rambling on with with all these random different ass people trying to line up different battles and stuff like that. The one, well, the two battles that he spoke on that I was actually feeling was the possibility of there being a Fat Joe versus Buster. I would definitely okay. support that. And then okay. Ter- based on the comments, okay. and then and, and Violator or whatever Busty is now. And then um based on the comments from everybody when we was all on the live and whatnot, people start bringing up the possibility of Usher versus Justin Timberlake. But then it got to a whole thing where you know Justin is white. Justin be black any other time y'all need him to be. Shit, just trade. <laughs> we didn't just trade Justin out for you know what I'm saying. Swap that Stacy Dash ass out for Justin, and we good. I could go yeah. for Usher versus <laughs> Justin Timberlake battle because that shit will pop. Now what now, I want to see what? Now the other day we were talking about me and one of my partners was talking about Usher. They were talking about Usher and Chris Brown. Uh-uh, that that had popped it. up. Then they had talked about Trey Songs and Chris Brown. Nope. Too different. So, you know, they they, kind of on the same page, but Usher's catalog is a little too extensive. I mean, the early Usher, kind of the late Usher, you know, I thought he kind of fell off. That bullshit that he had that we don't care about, that shit don't really count for real. That's Yeah, Usher kind of fell off after, after, after the divorce. Well, after the marriage, actually, when he got married to that but, chick, you know, he, that's when he fell what? off the map. I don't hmm? know if it was necessarily that where Usher fell off to me. And this is me coming from growing up with Usher, like on some side by side shit. You know what I'm saying? Like me and Usher maybe like a year apart or something like that. So hmm. watching Usher like fresh 12, 13 year old Usher come on the scene to where he is now, where Usher fell off for me was when Usher got to that point when he started trying to compete with the Chris Browns and the Trey Songs and, yeah, no and, doubt. and all no of doubt. that. When he no got doubt. to that point where he started trying to do what they was doing and all of that, I'm like, I'm out. I don't want no parts of it. Mm-hmm. Usher, like, the last thing that I really rocked with Usher on probably was Confessions. Honestly. Okay. And after yeah. Confessions, he had a couple... He can't. The love in the club and all that come out after confessions. Oh yeah, yeah, that was way after. Okay, that was so way after I want to say love in the club. Yeah, where he had the song with Lil John, and uh, and that was the, with Luda too. Don't forget Luda was on there Luda, too. Now. Okay, so yeah. that was cool. Then, like I say, maybe a few years after that, he had the little song when um, because they used to play it. They didn't. It really didn't get the radio play that he should have got. That good kisser song. I really liked it. That shit jammed. But yeah, it was a good. That was a good song. That I was just good felt song. like Usher should have got to the point where instead of trying to compete with like the Chris Browns, the Trey songs, 
he should have just passed the torch. You know what I'm saying? Get featured on a song and produce some shit. You know what I'm saying? And sit the fuck back and collect your money and raise your kids. <laughs> like, you ain't got to be out here. You know what I'm saying? Like, you you going into OG status. So be the OG. Don't be the OG that don't never want to grow up because he's too busy trying to still prove to us that he still got it. Like, if it wasn't for Usher, it wouldn't be a Chris Brown. It wouldn't be a Trey Song. You already didn't pave the way. You solidified. You ain't got to keep going on and on and on because then it's like you start dropping material that then nobody give a fuck about. Yeah, this shit was here, trash. Here's the deal. Uh, and I agree with what you're saying. My thing is this. You know, a lot of these artists, once they've had their run, and they're trying, like you said, they're trying to they're trying to be trendy. Instead of sticking with what works for their mm-hmm. fan base, they try to cater to a fan base that they might necessarily get or they might necessarily not get. So you trying, you know, you in your your forties, you know, your late thirties, early forties, you trying to you trying to cater to, you know, 18, 19, 20 year olds, these twenty something. ain't gonna work. It don't work. You know, you need to stick with what works. You don't see uh, the OJs trying to get played on, <laughs> you know, on some on BET that right. ain't on like her or something like that. You know, they, they ain't trying to cater to a, a young audience. <laughs> they trying to cater <laughs> to their fans. Right. Cater to y'all, fans. We're trying to y'all be see, <laughs> Y'all see the Temptations out here featuring Kalani or some shit. You know what I'm saying? Y'all see the OJs featuring Janelle Aiko. You know what I'm saying? Janelle Aiko. Yeah, you know, it, it, don't, it don't happen. So to me, that's your. That's the issue. Don't try to cater to an audience that necessarily will not listen to your music. Cater to the audience that you have. You, you can't know. appeal to everybody. That's that's just the bottom line. So stick you're, to you're an artist that deserves to to cater to that needs to cater to the 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 demographic that you grew up with. People that grew right. up listening to you are now in their they they late thirties or you know early forties or fifties. Those are the people you need to cater to. They still gonna get out and support your music as long as it's exactly. good. Exactly. If you go on tour, we gonna be the ones that buy the ticket. The right, eighteen year olds right. are not coming out to 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 R and B fest to see Usher. They they just not. That's the reality. So it's like when you start putting us to, to the side to start trying to cater to them, it comes off as a gimmick. So now it looks foolish. So we get to the point where we like, well, shit, Usher on some other shit. I ain't buying this shit. And then you, now you're not getting play, you know what I'm saying, on either side. And, it, and right. it's sad. You know what I'm saying? The, so, the play you get isn't the play you expect. You know, they, it might, they, exactly. you might have exactly on the, on the charts for a couple of weeks and then after that it's gone because, you know, the, the, this young generation, they want to hear the latest and the greatest. They ain't worrying about something from, from 40 and 50 years ago. You exactly. Know. And it's kind of hey. crazy because it makes me think like, I feel like just on just on that whole topic in general, I can almost like say bet my right hand that if Pac and or Biggie was still alive, they would not be with this bullshit that's out now. Like I'm Come sorry, I, I don't yeah. see Pac out here with Pac in a future album. I, I don't see it. I don't see Biggie out here with a you know what I'm saying, with uh hell, I don't even know. I can't see no Biggie and uh Takashi 6ix9ine type shit popping <laughs> out. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
it's just like shit didn't just change so much. Now everything is about like instant gratification. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's no substance to it. Now don't get yeah. me wrong. Some shit I still listen to, but it's more so because I'm in love with the beat or the background situation. But what they talking about don't relate to me. So I, I can't relate. Well, let's let's be realistic with it. The loss of the two greatest rappers of our time, Tupac Shakur and, and Biggie, changed rap forever, pretty much. Absolutely. With them passing, it, it opened the door for rappers to become greater or become the quote unquote the man. You know, Jay-Z tried to carry that torch, and Jay-Z has done a pretty good job with, with the music. Yeah, we okay. We're gonna leave it on music. We ain't gonna touch on the other shit. With the music, Nas has always represented who's probably one of my favorite artists. But as far as the I'll commercial Nas. success, Nas Nas doesn't really have the commercial success of yep. a, a, a Jay-Z or didn't have the commercial su- success of a Biggie or a Tupac. It's not to say he's not doing great music because, I mean, he's, he's had some fantastic albums and, and still can put out great Absolutely. music, but and, he doesn't and I'll have be honest, it took me to get I older hate. to appreciate Nas. I didn't appreciate oh, yeah, Nas. I'm still and, rocking and, like it just came out. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I can do that now, but I wasn't doing it then. But it's like I had to get to a place of maturity where I could respect his his view of things. You know what I'm saying? Right, now, correct, correct. I got some nice albums like the last, the one that he did when he got divorced from uh, Khalees. Like, right. I still play that on a regular basis. Uh, Life mm-hmm. is good. I still jam that. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? I can listen to that front to back. No skips. You know what I'm saying? But it's just, I guess, like you said, the departure of Big and Pac, it just kind of like, it left a void and it's like you had some people that stepped up that I guess tried to fill that void, but in the same sense, because nobody like 100% solidified that top spot, it left a lot of space open. So now it's like you have so many different degrees of, of rap. Now I could see like a, like a Biggie and Drake situation. I could honestly see that, but I feel like I could not see, you know what I'm saying? A Biggie and Takashi or whoever these kids be listening to. Yeah. It's just, I feel like, had they lived to really see or really reach their full potential, I feel like a lot of other people wouldn't have even got play. Honestly, I feel like if Biggie would have lived and Pac would have lived, just Biggie alone, if Biggie would have lived, if Biggie was alive right now, it's not to say that Jay-Z would not be successful, but I just don't see that Jay-Z would have gotten bigger than Big. Correct. I, I, I agree with that. I, I don't. I agree with that. And and, and the thing he is, even just, though they he were He would have been known and, as Mr. Knows. He would have been known as Beyonce's <laughs> husband, regardless of what his catalog of work looks like. And don't get me wrong, I like Jay-Z musically. You know what I'm saying? Now, his ethics as of late are very questionable, but just on the music standpoint, I just feel like had Big been alive now, I just don't see Jay-Z being at the pinnacle of success that he's at. I, I just don't. 
Yeah, I, I agree with that because and 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 and, and no knock on Jay Z because Jay Z's got mad talent. Jay Z's got a, a a solid catalog from start to Facts. finish. Facts. But it's just certain rappers make the generation and Biggie and Pac were those guys. So if you yep. grew up and you were in the nineties, either you was a Pac fan or you was a Biggie fan. And, and it, it and that's what it was. You know, nobody was really tripping off of the Jay Z's at the time and all that sort of stuff. Even though they were still doing their thing. They got played, like, but it was like Big and Pac was first. The guys. So you, you had right. Pac and you had Biggie. So it was either one of those two guys was your dude. And then you went from there. But I mean, I'm right. I'm gonna I'm gonna give some love to some of these new cats. And you know, some of these cats ain't really new. I'ma give I'm gonna give love to the uh Kendrick Lamar's. I'm gonna give like love Kendrick. to J. Cole's. I'm gonna give love to the Chance the Rappers. I'm gonna give love to the Big Sean's. Those dudes oh, I, I fucks with Big Sean. Yeah, those dudes are really trying to bring rap back to its pinnacle to what it was to the actual history to of real rap. rap. You know, yeah. to Rap, not this mumble stuff, and not man. What you talking about? I don't understand what you talking about. Everybody on lean and, and popping yeah, perks you know. and all of that. I just you know, and see with like J Cole, I respect the shit out of J Cole, but me personally, I can't listen to J Cole. Like it's it, it like you got I got the you got to be in a certain <laughs> certain oh, J Cole, J Cole, my dude, J Cole don't do it for me, but. No, that's not taking nothing away from him. That's just my personal preference. But mm-hmm. I respect the hell out of him and what he does and what he has achieved. You know oh, what yeah, I'm saying? But it's Cole. just it's just not for me. I love me some Kendrick, but to pimp a butterfly was not for me. <laughs> hey, that, hey. that shit was not for me. It was everybody not. has every artist has has that album. It happens. Yeah. I mean, it, it, he redeemed himself on his third one. He redeemed himself on his third one. So it's just yeah. all. I, yeah, I give him that. J. Cole, Man. my dude, and he's a big Nas fan as well. And shout out to my homeboy, Dory, because Dory's the one that turned me on to J. Cole back in the day. Okay. So shout out, Dory. Give, shout out to Dory. Give him some love because he turned me on to <laughs> J. Cole. So it's all good. Okay. So, you now, know. See, but, but go ahead. In reference to the rest of. Like, just going back to the battles thing, like, people study bringing up the whole Biggie versus Pac. Like, I just, I'm at a point now, like, I'm over it. Like, I don't need a Biggie person versus Pac battle. I feel like it's just overkill at this point. Like, ever since they died, it has been, before they died, it was a Biggie versus Pac. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, after death, you know what I'm saying? They both been gone for umpteen years now. Like, we can't still be talking about, you know, Biggie versus Pac. Then somebody brought up, well, look him versus uh, Nicki Minaj. I wouldn't dare. Like, <laughs> Nicki Minaj is nothing more than an imitation. She's a knockoff version of, of the true queen, Kimberly Jones. Like, you not, you can't, like, to me, to even put Nicki Minaj and look him in the same sentence to me, it just breeds disrespect. Like, like, how dare you? Like, don't yeah. do that. You got these youngsters. Like, we're we not doing that. Nicki Minaj. And I'm not, I'm not real. I mean, Nicki Minaj is okay. I mean, I, she has some songs I'm that cool. I can do. But actually, believe it or not, I, I like Cardi B a little bit better than I like Nicki Minaj. And oh, facts. 
you know, I'm riding with Cardi. Damn right. And at first, I was like, okay, what's up with this Megan Thee Stallion chick? But you know what? Megan Thee Stallion got some skills. Megan go. Megan yeah, go. That, that, I ain't going to front because that, uh, that, that remix she got with, with Queen B, is, it go hard. <laughs> but we it's all know. Cool. You know what I'm saying? Queen B. <laughs> it's cool. But you know, that's why I said, in, on some inner hood rest shit, I would love to see Cardi versus Megan because I feel like, and the thing about Cardi to me, Cause I know people like, well, Cardi don't write her raps and this and that. To me, the thing that I love about Cardi B the most and why I will always root for her is because I feel like she's personable. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like she seems like to me the type of artist that whether you met her 10 years ago or you meet her today, she's still going to be that same down to earth person. Like I ride with her, how personable she is. You know what I'm saying? But mm-hmm. The other battle that I was going to bring up that I definitely don't want to see is Brandy versus Monica. Like, I feel like we we passed, we, we are so, I feel like that's a day late and a dollar short. Like, mm. if we, that's, that's played out. Like, we don't need that. Quit trying to bring up old rivalries. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just don't see the need. Now, last week, I was having a conversation with my homeboy, Dora, that actually was hosting with me last week. Shout out to Dora. Real spit in 6B sex scene. Um, he brought up a really good one. He said that what he would like to see for like on some straight powerhouse shit would be Whitney versus Mariah. Hmm. Okay. I could go for that. I could go for that. Cause that's that's some that's that's a lot of singing right there. But following in this following in that same fashion, it got me to thinking with like some powerhouse singers not that I need to see it but if it happened I would tune in would be mm-hmm. Fantasia versus Jennifer Hudson okay 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 I yeah, can see okay. that yeah now, Fant- and Fantasia got some hits I mean they both got hits so you know I like both of the both of, both of them as artists so I, I could see that I could see that but what about the old school hold up now Hold on. I got an old school battle I want to bring to the forefront. Okay. <laughs> Here's my old school battle. Okay. OJ's versus. Oh, Frankie you went Blair. old school for real. <laughs> you went old school for real. <laughs> you said, I'm sorry, talking about let's represent some of the OGs and go old school. OJ's versus Frankie Beverly and May. Okay, I, I I would sign up for that. That that would be that would real that would be very grown and sexy. Now I had an old school, but I didn't go quite Here's that old school. One. Check this <laughs> one out. Here's another one on two of the baddest balladeers ever to do it. Okay, P and Marvin Gaye. Oh yeah, I listen, nigga. Is some listen? Yeah, I put put me there. Let me. I need front row seat to that. Now, if we going if we gonna do that, these are two of the baddest balladeers that ever did it. So, in their catalogs, I mean, you got Teddy <sighs> Pete with Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes and Man. his solo projects, and you got Marvin Gaye and everything he did from for, for Motown. That that would be awesome. That would be awesome. Now, unfortunately, you know, with both artists being dead, you know, you'd have somebody to have don't somebody have to represent. Them. Yeah, somebody had to represent the, you know, from the family or something like that. But hey, I think nah, that would be. I think that would be straight old. 
don't I don't need the family, but I say go get some people like go get like a well shit, he's questionable too. If it's like go get like a Quincy Jones and a Barry Gordy or somebody and let them represent, but shit, his questions Well, you could do you could do the producers, so you could do like a Gamble yeah. and Huff and a Barry Gordy yeah. or Barry Gordy or a uh, Smokey Robinson because they were both at Motown. Uh, Smokey ain't gonna I, be able to move his lips now. He's so plastic. Don't be like that. Don't be like that. You don't see, like Smokey, that. that nigga can't barely blink. Don't need uh, now. <laughs> Listen. In fact, look, if you get a chance, there's a uh, documentary on Showtime, I believe it is, called The Making of Motown. That I is to check that out. Yeah, it's excellent. So you need to it, it, shout out to Showtime for this documentary. It's old, actually. I think it's about about a year and a half, two years old. But it's okay. an excellent documentary on the history of Motown. That if you want to know anything about Motown, you need to check out this documentary because uh, they actually have Smokey Robinson and Barry Gordy as you know doing most narrators in and everything to let you know exactly what was going on, how Motown got started. Uh, they talk about all pretty much all the artists that were on Motown. So you get the history, the backstory, and how they would rate songs and all this sort of stuff. It's actually oh, fantastic. yeah, I gotta check that out. Cause yes, that, and you know, that's the, the thing that every time that I get to um, Detroit, I mm-hmm. always try to go to, I and I've driven past it so many times. And I it's like, I always run out of time is I try to go to Hitsville and I always right, right. end up driving past it, but I never have the actual time to like go in and see it. Cause I, I would love to see, to just see how every, you know what I'm saying? To just actually be in there and just feel the energy. Cause I was right, like that no too doubt. with um with Chess Records. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. Cadillac Records was cool for what it was, but they got a whole lot of stuff wrong with that. Like that whole, like the way that they tried to twist stuff and make it more so about a love story between Etta and uh old boy. Um, that owned the thing, but it was really him and his brother that owned it. And everybody knows that Etta was messing with the um, what's the one dude name that was like a um, he wasn't a band leader, but he played for somebody. I have to go back oh, and find his name. Yeah, but I haven't watched it in so long. I forgot. I they mix so much, but it. they don't even talk about it in the movie. Is what I'm saying. But mm. like, I believe how his deal is, like how they still have it. You know, where you can go in there and it's like a museum, kind of like now. I think they right. did the same thing with Chess Records. So, so you oh, know, okay. I would like to go in there and see, you know, the whole thing with that. Um, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. But moving along with these, um, <laughs> the music family people, Jesus, I, you know, <laughs> we 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 got a tw- <laughs> problem, problematic music musicians, Boosie, Lil Boosie. I cannot. <sighs> Oh, he's man. so fucking problematic I just can't okay so let me just get a whole little rundown real quick All right. so here's my issue okay so going back to this was pre because I guess at this point since we dealing with COVID-19 everything will kind of officially now become either pre-COVID or post-COVID so okay. going back to pre-COVID you know early this year when the whole thing came out about um, Dwayne Wade um, allowing 
um, his son, who's now I'm trying to I'm being trying to be as politically correct as possible. His son Zion, Zion who now wants to identify as Zaya Wade. Okay, so dealing with that whole situation. So Boosie, nobody asked him to speak on nobody's behalf. Feels the need to get on Facebook Live or whatever he was on and goes on this whole boosy rant about how he out on there Dwayne Wade dog you tripping don't cut his dick off bruh don't address him as a woman I mean if he want to be gay let him be gay but don't cut his dick off he only 12 he ain't even up there yet at 12 they don't even know what they want their next meal to be they don't even have shit figured out yet okay so that's that's the energy that he had right so now here we are currently modern day during corona this is probably like what last week or whatever boosie's on live so he does this thing and i and i'll be honest i don't even know if he does it on the same day or whatever because i don't follow him like that but he does this Mm -hmm. thing where he'll go live and he'll have like these little twerk contests or whatever where he'll pick a girl out from the people that's on the live and they'll get on there and be twerking and doing stripping or whatever, you know, he asked them to do. Hey, this is what's really going down on social media. So mm-hmm. I know a lot of people probably saw the clip where he was talking about how he had these grown women performing oral sex on his son and his yeah, I saw that video. But this is the thing. Most clips of it is only like about two to three minutes. You you in order to get the whole essence of the situation, you literally had to see the entire video or actually be on the live. I wasn't on the live, but I was able to find a nice portion of the live and go back. Let me tell you mm-hmm. something. This like 15 minutes into it, I had to, I had to, I had to like walk away from it. So basically how it all like well, the part that I come in on is like some random chick. She twerking on the bed. He telling her suck on her fingers, and he commenting on how big her, we'll just say her box, her genital mm-hmm. area, her box is. He saying, "Oh, you know her box big than mine," but you know he all on it. So mm-hmm. in the process of that, somebody on the live because it's all these niggas around him, like in the background and shit. So somebody on the live made a comment like, "Damn, you got your son in the room." But the person that they were talking about wasn't actually his son. It's just some nigga that was in the room. And so he gets offended, I guess you can say, and starts kind of going off a little bit like, nah, it ain't my son. That's a grown ass man. But if my son was in the room, so the fuck what? My son is 16. Now, these what I'm getting ready to say or or his words, not mine. So he starts Mm -hmm. going into this whole rant. My son is 16. He allowed to see pussy, fuck pussy, eat pussy, all that. He been trained on to do on how to do all that. So I'm like, well, okay. Okay, what the fuck okay. going on here? So yeah. then when you just when you thought it couldn't get worse, it, it continues in true boosy fashion. So then it's like he gets offended. He starts telling everybody on the live, don't talk about his son, you know. Then it's like, don't talk about my son. Then he goes into this thing about how when his son was like nine or ten years old, 
the son and the nephews, I'm assuming everybody must be close in age. So he starts mm-hmm. going into this thing saying how when his son and his nephews is like the ages of nine and ten, he starts showing them how to put on condoms because ain't nobody about to be out here giving them quote unquote no shit. So by no shit, mm. I'm assuming he's referring to uh, STDs, which don't get me wrong. Yes, condoms can be very effective in, uh, you know, preventing the spread of, you know, sexually transmitted infections and stuff like that. But let's be real. Ain't nothing 100% guaranteed with the exception of abstinence. You know what I'm saying? But Correct. then let's take into account the other stuff that people don't trip off of. Yeah, people trip off the chlamydia, the gonorrhea, you know, I guess sometimes they kind of consider they trip off of HIV, but the way they round her raw dogging everybody, it don't seem like it. But let's take into account the shit that people really don't talk about, like herpes. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So that there's no cure for that. You know what I'm saying? So then he gets back into rant mode and he's like, I'm raising them boys up right. When they was 12 and 13, my son and my nephews, I made sure they got some head. Not just no, not just, so somebody was like, you know, some head, I guess they was asking. Somebody was like, well, was it a grown woman? So he was like, yeah, not only was she grown, she was super grown because I made her do all them and she and she um did me too. So what? So then he like, uh, <laughs> so then he like, I'm getting them prepared at an early age. I'm getting them prepared at an early age. So then, when I, and so at this point, that's pretty much where like most people that just saw the clip of the two to three minutes, that's pretty much where that clip stops. But mm. like I said, you had to see the video in its entirety to get the true essence of just how fucked up the shit was. So he keep going. The rant continues. He says, and I quote, if you bring your juvenile, so he, somebody said something in it. Okay. So let me interject this. During all this time, people are still commenting on the live. It's crazy because a couple people, and it probably was more than a couple of like, oh, you know, that's crazy. That's rape. You know, that's, you know, you shouldn't, mm-hmm. you know, why would you do that? But right, correct. 90% of the people that's on our comment is like, yeah, that's right, dog. Or, you know, big up at him like he really doing such a great job parenting his kids and his they nephews. Co-signing. They, co-signing. They, they co-signing bullshit. So then he says, yeah, because my sons and my nephews, well, he well, at this point, he just started speaking strictly on his son. He was like, yeah, my son been trained to fuck. He watched his daddy, so he know how to fuck. He watched me. That's where he get it from. And then he said, if, if somebody, I was like something about, oh, well, you wouldn't feel like that if you had a daughter. And he was like, well, we just raise our kids differently. But I'm going to tell you like this. If you bring your juvenile daughter around her, she might get fucked. And I'm like, whoa, hold on. Like, nigga, you, you, you doing the most. And still, even during all of that, people still posting emojis. People still, you know what I'm saying? I'm co-signing. And so, you know, you had some more people that kind of started speaking up like you tripping or that's not cool or whatever. So then he started getting mad for real. He was like, I don't care what y'all think about my parents. I don't care what y'all think. We just raise our kids differently. You know, it's better than him. You know, I'd rather him be watching me fuck than him watching cartoons and TV with two men kissing. And then he keep going into about kissing and stuff 
on cartoons between two men. And he was like, you know, it's better than him watching cartoons with all that gay shit. That's why my kids got um iPhone 11s so they can watch as much porn as they want to. They can get on X videos and Pornhub. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and just, and just <laughs> listen, it, it, it is, it, it gets, it, it and, and it grows. And so he was like, you know, we just raise our kids differently. But this was the question that I was having before I get back into this. I know that I I don't watch cartoons at 37, but I'm just curious. I got friends with kids. I ain't never heard nobody complaining talking about they they child was exposed to homosexuality through cartoons. I, I ain't never heard let's that. Con- look, let's consider the source, okay? Okay, so okay, so let me finish. So he says, okay, so going back into the rat, he goes back into your kids can watch what they want to watch. My kids ain't watching cartoons; they can watch as much porn as they want. That's why I got them them iPhone 11s. You know, you might let your kid watch cartoons and have posters of little Nas X. You know, the little old town road little boy that came right, out. Right. Mm-hmm. You might let your kids have pictures of him, but not me. You know what I'm saying? Don't talk. Don't talk about how I raise my kids. You know, don't talk about how I raise my kids. And I'm thinking to myself, nigga, who the fuck is you? Like to be chastising somebody on them saying something about your kids, but then you was just on a whole live video that nobody asked you for offering up your opinion to the whole world about Dwayne Wade and what he don't need to be doing and how he going to right. do it. So who the fuck is you to tell somebody not to question you or speak on what you doing when you always got an opinion about what the next person doing. So then he say, yeah, we just raise our kids differently. You know, you probably raise your kids where you might tell your son, hey son, take your little girlfriend to the movies. I tell mine, hey, you better fuck the shit out of her little fine ass son. Like, what? Like, you know what I'm saying? So then somebody was telling him how they had called. So he got another son that I guess is like only 10. So he goes into talking about how the son, the 10 year old son, was in his room listening to Roddy Rich, which why a 10 year old listening to Roddy Rich? But you know what? I'm not about to get into no no battle with what people decide to let their kids listen to. But hey, that's neither here nor there. The 10 year old gets called masturbating. He like, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. He like, you know, I'm proud of him. He and her beating this shit. You know what I'm saying? That's what he's supposed to do. That's what he's supposed to do. At that point, you know what I'm saying? It was just like between the whole, like, I had to stop listening at that point because like literally my head was hurting because I'm thinking to myself, first of all, y'all wonder why these kids is over-sexualized as is. You know what I'm saying? And then it's like, you making it seem like you just this great man that's, you know, raising your sons the right way when really you raising boys that's going to do nothing more than have a false sense of manhood. You know what I'm saying? And they not going, you not bringing them up to respect women. You know what I'm saying? So they just going to see women as sex and not appreciate them. They not going to want to protect them because they ain't never been showed that. But then the thing that really like just threw me over the top was you had these grown ass women performing oral sex not just on you but on your nephews and your son my whole thing of it was one what if this woman had something that you didn't even know about you know what i'm saying let's just say this woman did have herpes you know what i'm saying granted she might not have you might not have been able to see nothing but let's just say she had it 
Now it's a possibility that even though she might not have been physically showing symptoms, she still could have been, as they say, shedding or anything else. So that means that she could have passed herpes to you, your son, and all your nephews. And as you say, you training them to fuck. So now when they go kiss somebody's juvenile daughter and pass it to her unknowingly, then what? You know what I'm saying? But then you talk about how you got your sons watching you have sex with grown with grown women. So my thing is this. The way you talking, it don't sound like you having the most passionate sex. It just don't. So what if your son see you out here, you know, going in, as you say, quote unquote, fucking uh, some chick and now they emulating what they see because that's what kids do so now they out here with somebody's juvenile daughter emulating what they see you do with a, a grown woman that might be consensual what if this little girl feel like he being too rough on her or something and she telling him to stop but because of the way you got him trained up he ain't trying to hurt none of that so he going for what he know that his daddy told him to do now you got a whole rape situation you see what I'm saying? And it, it's like, it's it's problematic. And that's the same, I just feel like that whole attitude that he had is like the same type of reason why we end up in situations like with the Bill Cosby's or the R. Kelly's. And now you look add Russell Simmons to the list of allegations. You know yeah, what well I'm let's saying? Just put, let's just say this. Child Protective Services, please Hey, Boosie, a visit. You hear me? They need to. <laughs> they definitely need to. This is that's straight ridiculous. And for something like that to be to be going on, that's the problem that we're having when you got people that are irresponsible and got mm-hmm. a little money in their pockets trying to quote unquote keep it real and raise these little thugs. You know, or whatever he's trying to do. Because Whatever I look at it he's like trying this. to do, he needs to work on his parenting skills from a cell. <laughs> he, they probably would, and I, and you know, I don't want to make jokes about nobody going to jail, but no, no bullshit. After watching it, after watching that video, honestly, his kids probably would be better off. Not, not for real. Because my whole thing of it was, you know, I look at it like this. Now, if I'm uh, and I don't want to name no other celebrity and bring them into it, but let's just say I'm me and I'm famous and I got all this little money or whatever. I'm a D-list mm-hmm. rapper myself because he D-list at best. Ain't nobody out here jumping up and down for no little Boosie record. I mean, at least I know I'm not. You know what <laughs> right, I'm saying? Right. Now, I'm out here, you know, I'm on live, I'm smoking my weed or whatever. Shout out to the weed smokers, you know. Um, <laughs> I'm out here doing my thing, you know what I'm saying? And I got my 16-year-old daughter and I start going into how, you know, I had some grown-ass nigga come to the crib and give me some face and give her some face too. That way I can train her up right. Motherfuckers would be ready to put me under the jail. Like, how dare you? That's rape. That's this, that's that. How is it it not? You know what I'm saying? Right. They'd be ready to put me in a cell with R. Kelly. You see what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. how, you know, how is it when things are happening to 
these our little boys, it's like it's not being held to the same regard because oh, that's what men do. You know what I'm saying? And that's right, why I'm right. saying it's a double, it standard. Leads us, double standard. It leads us back to the same situation. It's just those type of attitudes and just seeing the amount of men that was on the post like, yeah, dog, that's what you're supposed to do. I wish my daddy would have did me like that and all this other type of shit. It's like it, it breeds that attitude of, oh, if a man see a woman and he feel like he wants some sex from her, she's supposed to just, that's what it is. You know what I'm saying? And once again, right. we write back at the R. Kelly, Bill Cosby, Harvey Weinstein, and and now, like I said, the Russell Simmons situation. Yeah. So why don't we just let kids be kids? Why? And that's my whole thing. Like, what happened to going outside? What happened to running around outside and being home before the street light came on at 10, 11, and 12? Hell, even at 16, what's up? Why he can't go play football? Why he can't go play basketball? Why is your right. main goal getting your son some sex at 12? Why? You know what I'm saying? Like, why? He, how you know your son didn't enjoy it, but because of your attitude towards it, he feel like he got to keep perpetrating you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Which what it is that you want to see. But then I go back to the whole Dwayne Wade situation. You were so quick to offer up so much advice to Dwayne Wade on how he parents and his son now daughter, but you don't want nobody to critique you on how you parenting your son. You know what I'm saying? So what makes you no doubt. the ultimate authority of of parenting? Like it, 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 it don't even make sense. And then you talking about to Dwayne Wade, if he want to be gay, let him be gay. Well, what about you? How you know your son ain't want to be gay? But <laughs> right, he feel, no but clearly you letting it know, you letting it be known that you are very hostile towards any type of gay lifestyle. You see what I'm mm-hmm. saying? So now you know you could be out here raising a closeted homosexual that will grow up and have all this repressed anger, you know what I'm saying, towards you and every or towards him and everybody else because now they feel like they have to be in a closet. They can't live in their truth all because they daddy said, oh, well, you better go out here and fuck like me. Like, what the fuck? What the fuck is that? Yeah. No doubt. No doubt. Okay. I'm on I didn't dedicate too much time to <laughs> yeah, a let, let, nigga. I'm off Bootsy. Bootsy don't even need that much energy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. I'm I'm off. I'm off of, off of him. So no doubt. I appreciate Russell that. Simmons. I appreciate that. Russell Simmons. <sighs> uncle Russ. Nah, your uncle nigga, not mine. <laughs> <laughs> uncle Russ. Man. I ain't claiming that look, nigga. I, I, look, I laid let, him let, out let, with let, Stacey Dash. Nope. The, 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 the sad part about the whole situation is. The, the, the Russell Simmons is an integral part of the hip hop generation. Culture. Pillar of the hip hop culture. Deaf jam, deaf comedy jam, deaf poetry jam. Fat form. I mean, you know, this man has had his hands in pretty much everything musically and culturally, uh, 
you know, for the last 30 years. Don't forget uh, Rush Communications. Like I said, Fat Farm. He also had that (laughs) little... uh, Remember the Rush card? (laughs) Yep. Remember remember the little flip phones? Remember the little baby fat flip phone? The baby fat flip phone. That they were selling for like $1,000 back then in the 90s, nigga. I was mad because I wanted one. What is you saying? Then he had the little uh, Argyle culture because he had the little Argyle sweater line that was popping. And then I know he had started like a little... um, I think it's called Tantris or something because when he started getting all off into the yoga, yeah, the yoga, he started, yeah, a, he was doing he started the a little yoga line. So, I, I, I mean, I guess I've been ignorant to what's been going on with Russ, but when I was doing the research for the podcast, I, I didn't realize this dude had over a dozen cases yep. that started back in 1983. Nigga, I this was one. crazy. Nigga, I was one. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> like, no I'm doubt. literally one year I mean, old, and women out here talking about they was sexually, they was getting sexually assaulted by Russell Simmons. Like, what the fuck? Like, and, and and the crazy part about it is that the Me Too movement has really made this knowledgeable, or made made this come out to the forefront. I mean, yeah. I mean we know we got this. He's got the documentary coming up, so you know, we're probably gonna find out a little bit more about what's going on with the documentary. And again, these are. Allegations. We, I'm not. Yeah, you're right. You know what I'm allegations. I just yeah, wanted to be I, clear that we not out here saying that he did this. This 100, you know, definitely happened because I wasn't in the room when none of this shit was going on. Right. Or, you know, alleged, alleged alleged You know what I'm saying? I, you know, but yeah, like you said, but, the but shit goes back though. to 83. <laughs> nah, it definitely yeah, ain't a good it, look. It ain't a good look. Ask what, R. Kelly. And what really <laughs> you know make it not a good look to me? Where I, you know, a lot of times you hear this shit. That's even like the whole Joe Biden thing, or just in general. You know, you got some of these women that come out, you know, thirty years later, and it's like, you know, the shit don't it like the shit just don't even add up. But the thing with this that just ain't sitting well with my spirit is let's look at the shit that's been happening in the last couple years with the making of the documentary, the conception of the documentary, should I say. Okay. Russell started selling off real estate. He sold the crib in uh with the, the penthouse in New York for like nine point nine two million. He turned around because he was living in LA a lot because he went out there and opened up a yoga studio. He turned Correct. around it and we talking about we taking this back now to 2018. He sold the crib in New York, the penthouse he turned around and sold the um the Hollywood Hills crib for eight point two five million. Then what I found what I found interesting too was even with him, you know, getting rid of the property, he actually around the same time he completely divested himself from all his U.S. uh U.S. business like all together like um all the deaf uh deaf digital. Deaf pictures, um, the clothing line that I was talking about for the yoga shit, you know, fat form mm-hmm. and all that been dead, but they that tantris for the, the yoga clothes, that was some new shit. He completely divested from that, all of deaf mm-hmm. digital, all of deaf pictures, and closed down the yoga studio. Now, word on the street is that with doing that, you know what I'm saying. He went over to uh to Bali, you know what I'm saying, and been over there in the whole, you know, Indonesia, whatever. 
And supposedly right. that's where most of his money is now too. Russell Simmons worth about, I think they said like, yeah, I know it's over 300 million. So mm-hmm. you not gonna tell me that a nigga with 300 million ain't living in Indonesia like a fucking like royalty nigga he could probably be over there with three dollars <laughs> living like royalty so imagine with 300 <laughs> plus million but then the thing that's so tricky about the indonesian um aspect of it is the fact that they have no type of um what's the word i'm looking for extradition uh, ex- yeah ex- they have no extradition policy with the u.s so my my thing is if you ain't did nothing. If you been accused of something to, to this degree and you haven't and you're not guilty, you haven't done anything out of character, what are you running from? Now I don't yes. you know they like, oh, look. he's on a, re- a religious retreat, he's going around the world, you know, because of how um you know his religion and how balanced he is and he's just sightseeing. Nah, nigga, y'all don't got to sell your cribs and, and your businesses and divest yourself from your business to, to go to go visit some shit. You you just don't. Yeah. That don't even make well, sense. Well, it was, it, you it was also a situation with that as well, because like in two in in twenty seventeen is when he started stepping down from all of his business ventures, mm-hmm. and you know he had a he had a a deal with HBO, and HBO severed ties with him. Oh, HBO was like, "Hey, it's too much stuff going on. We got to break this off." You know, so HBO kind of because you know, HBO is who's time. behind, but HBO Max or whatever is who's behind the documentary. That's where the documentary right, is coming. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And so they stepped away from him as well. But I mean, you know, I forgot. And this is show you how long ago this was. Uh, in uh, 94, he had a rape allegation with Brett Ratner, who was the director of the Rush Hour series with Chris mm. Tucker and Jackie Chan. Okay. And I remember hearing about that back in the day. And it, and it had been so long that it kind of, you know, you, you forget about it. See, but that's over 20 years ago. Hell, how could you That's not? over 20 years ago. Brett Ratner... And I remember hearing about Brett Ratner having these allegations. But Russell Simmons was kind of mixed up with that as well. They had a couple of situations where they had kind of tag teamed and, and were like messing with these chicks. And they uh, alleged that, you know, inappro- they were inappropriately uh, trying to force themselves on these women and all this sort of stuff. So this stuff has mm. really been going on for a long time. It's just... Yeah. You know, and if you think about it, 94, there was something a little bit bigger going on in 94, because that was right around the time all this R. Kelly stuff was going on. Mm, but wasn't nobody really paying attention to R. Kelly like that. So, you know, some of this stuff kind of got swept under the rug where you couldn't even remember it. And the most recent thing I found out, well, I guess it's not recent, but it happened like uh, back in 16. uh, He had, uh, there was a meeting between uh, Amanda Sales, who's who's on uh, Insecure. Shout out to Insecure. Shout out to Issa Rae. Yeah, Issa, uh, Molly. Right. You know, so you got her, Amanda Sales, and uh, Jennifer Jaworski were doing. We're in a business meeting with uh, Russell Simmons, and they alleged that he made some inappropriate uh, comments to them 
mm. uh, inappropriate sexual comments to them. So, you know, really? this, this stuff is kind of crazy. I mean, you know, Russ is, look, you know, and like you said, these are all allegations. So we don't know what's true and what's not and all this sort of stuff. I'm sure there'll be a lot more information in this documentary that'll be coming out, uh, I believe it's next week. So I'm sure we'll have more information then. But this this ain't a good look, man. This this nah. is not a good look. And then to leave the country and Thank be you. over in, you know, to leave the country, look, you know, <laughs> what they say, hey, man, I got to get out of here for this stuff get heavy. I mean, you know. See, nigga, you know, it's been you know, heavy. Because my whole thing, and it's funny that you say, like, with Amanda Seals, that she said that because it's like, okay, granted, you know, like you said earlier, it's been over a dozen, you know, alleged, you know, allegations or whatever of sexual misconduct. But, like, with this documentary on the record is what it's called. It's actually, okay, so just a little bit of background on that. It actually premiered earlier this year, uh, pre-corona. It came yeah, out Sundance. because it was yeah, Sundance, Sundance. Yeah. and you know, Sundance is usually like the end of January, beginning of February type thing. So they premiered it um, at Sundance. Now, about a week before that happened, before they premiered it at Sundance, is when um, Oprah just abruptly just backed out, like she didn't want to have no parts of it. So then that's like, but this was only after you know it was that little thing that was going on at the beginning of the year where her and um. And it might have been before the beginning of the year, but her and Russell was going in it on each other on social media. And then remember, Oprah mm-hmm. got on there with get with her little bestie Gail, uh, her trifling ass, talking about, <laughs> you know, I still ain't forgiving her for that this shit. She tried to pull on Lisa Leslie. Like this shit was uh Yeah, with Kobe. That, shit, that was fine. Yeah, that was that, that was, yeah, she need her ass beat for that. Um so Oprah got on her and was talking about how can't nobody punk her. She Oprah Winfrey and you not gonna punk her. She not backing down from no Russell Simmons. And she was always taught that until you know a project leaves the cutting room floor, she got the right to change her mind if she want to be attached to it or not. So she pulls out, but she supposedly left a letter. And this is what she said on national TV with Gail that regardless if she pulled out or not, she wanted on the record that she believes the women that that are, you know, alleging the sexual misconduct against Russell Simmons. She believes them oh, wow. and she feels that their stories need to be heard. But due to creative differences, that's why she didn't want her name attached to the project. But that doesn't change how her how she feels towards the project. So then okay. like you said, with the it's like the the um the 12, it's over a dozen allegations, but it seems like from what I can piece together just by looking at the trailer and some interviews and just the stuff that I read, it, it uh, seems that the um, the documentary itself is pretty much going to focus on the three women, uh, Drew Dixon, Salah Abrams, and Alexia Norton-Jones. And I guess it's just going to tell like all their personal backstories on you know, who they were and how they even came to even be in a circle with Russell Simmons. And then I guess yeah, well, kind of go into I know Drew Dixon was she was a she worked A and R for Def Jam. Right. And, Cause and, she uh yeah. cause she did some stuff with Pac, uh Mary J. Blige. She she yeah, was behind she a lot of with, like uh, the Method hot little jams that yep. And uh Method Man and Red Man. Yeah. Yeah. No and she's actually the first woman 
well, the first woman of color, let me say that, to actually come out publicly against Russell Simmons. So that's another thing, too. And I know that when I was watching her, um, like in different interviews and stuff like that, she basically was just saying that she's held it in for so long because she feels like, especially within the black community, we, you know, we kind of short on black heroes, you know what I'm saying? And of right, those no doubt, black no heroes doubt. that we have, you know, not a lot of them have been able to achieve the amount of success as a Russell Simmons. So she just, you know, it was hard for her because as she said, she was like, you know, I love the culture, you know what I'm saying? And I didn't, you mm. know, I didn't want to upset the culture, but I'm like, damn, you talking about how you went up to his house for a demo tape and called yourself, you know, like, I'm going to run up there, get this demo tape, I'm going to come back down and I'm gone. And she gets up to the crib, she say, dude, like, you know, came out the room and didn't have on, was butt-ass naked with nothing but a condom on and threw on the bed and raped her. Wow. But then in another interview that I read with her, she was saying how, um, and this is why I said it was funny that you said that about Amanda Seals and the other girl, because that was one of the, the her the things that she was saying in this other interview was how, and I don't know the order as far as if this happened before, the, I would imagine that it had to have happened before the rape, let me say that, but mm -hmm. I'm not 100% sure, but she was saying that um, he would always, like, openly and publicly, like, explicitly say like how she aroused him um she said one time they oh, were like wow. in a yeah like they were in a staff meeting he told her to come sit on his lap and then she even said that um he would expose his penis to her a lot and now what's also problematic about this situation and again these are alleged you know allegations she later says that she went on to, in throughout her life like wherever you know her journey took her after the whole Russell Simmons situation, she ended up in the same circle with L.A. Reid, and he was harassing her, too. Oh, wow. Yeah. But then you got the other chick, the Salai Abrams chick, and she was basically, I mean, her situation was kind of, you know, it was more vague, but she was just saying that, you know, her and Russell hung out and they went on some dates or whatever. They casually dated. And then she said that um, on some particular day in like 94, I guess they went out on a date and so whatever happened, one thing led to another. And I guess it was drinking involved. She said she mm -hmm. admitted that they had sex, but she says that she was too drunk to even consent to have sex with him. And so mm. she said the next day she called him screaming and crying um, that he ruined her life and all this other stuff and how she attempted suicide. And she said that he knew about it and he wasn't the only person that knew about it, but nobody did anything. Oh, wow. So. Yeah, look, man, it, it ain't nothing to play with. And you got to take these allegations as serious. So, you know, the truth eventually will come out. You know, yeah. you, you, you hate to see, you know, because lives are going to be ruined either way. Oh, absolutely. And, and he got kids. And, and, I don't know if they got yeah. kids. And, you know, he got girls, which is the thing that's so crazy, too, because, and you know, like, you know, I guess, you know, of course, he was obviously asked about, you know, the different, you know, allegations and stuff like that. And he just basically was saying, you know, 
yeah, I'm a playboy, you know, I've been considered a womanizer and I don't back down from it, but all of his sexual encounters, he says, have been consensual. consensual. And then right. he went on talking about how he's passed nine prosecu- prosecution grade lie detector <laughs> tests and that should validate that he didn't do any of this. But my whole thing of it is, nigga, you work $340 million, you can buy off a, a, a lot of tech. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. come on. Yeah, but then again, let's not forget, Russell met Kamora in 92. And when he met Kamora, Kamora was a, a was a, a hot 17 or 18 when he started knocking her down. So, yeah. you know, it's, yeah. it's questionable. Yeah, That's all I'm saying. Very questionable. So, I guess we'll we'll find out more uh, next week with this documentary on the record. But man, this ain't is looking not a good, good look for Russ. It ain't looking good. Nah, he you better know. get his uh. The way it's looking to me, he better get his uh dream team lined up like OJ. Yeah, because a situation like this is not it, it is not going to work out well if if. You got too many people. It's like Bill Cosby. You got all these people coming out of the woodwork saying you did this. Everybody, so, everybody ain't lying. Ain't lying. Everybody ain't lying. So, you know, man, that's that's crazy. So, I don't know, man. Uncle Russ, we don't want to see you go down like that, but man, if you your want to be Your uncle, quick <laughs> <laughs> My uncle live in Cleveland. His name is Charles. Oh. He's a PD. Shout out, to uncle, <laughs> shout out to Uncle Charles. You know what I'm saying? Right. Shout out to Uncle Charles. Right. We love you, Uncle Charles. We love you. Right. Hey, you no still you hollering out Uncle Russ now. Nah, ain't my <laughs> uncle, nigga. I don't recognize that nigga. No doubt, no doubt, no doubt. Man, that's crazy. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, let's see. What, what else we got on the agenda? Oh, you know what? We, we got your boy. Well, he ain't your boy. We got my boy. I want to holler Benjamin Crump right quick. Oh, nigga. <laughs> That's you, that's uh, all you, partner. <laughs> look, all I got to say is this. Uh, now, look, he is an ambulance chaser. Let's just get this, let's, oh, just, man. let's just throw this out there. He's an ambulance chaser. Now, he does have a legitimate law firm, uh, and he's represented some serious cases here. You know, he was. Hey. You know, he represented family of Michael Brown. Rest in peace, Michael Brown. You know, know, represented the family of Tamir Rice. Rest in peace, Tamir Rice. Mm -hmm. He represented the family of Trayvon Martin. Rest in peace, Trayvon Martin. And now Mm -hmm. he's uh, representing the family of Ahmaud uh, Arbery. Oh, and but, add Brianna Taylor to that list. Uh, oh, Brianna Taylor too. Okay, yeah, How her, her family's her family's going with him too. But then it's he also has some other people that I did I really didn't know that he had. But yeah, okay, go ahead with your point. I'm sorry. But my thing is this: you've got a guy that hasn't that has won monetarily cases, but money doesn't equal justice in my book facts so if if you can't get th- these cases won i can't understand why people keep keep fooling with you no no person that he's the for the families he's represented the people that have caused the the tragic pain murder of these uh young black men mm-hmm. have not been convicted so no 
if I don't get a conviction and I get some money, where's the justice in that? Yeah, and I mean, I mean? On, on a flip side, I mean, you know, not to play devil's advocate, I mean, the, the reality of it is, it's, it's, it's going to be an unjust situation, no matter which way you slice it, no because doubt. No doubt. anytime your loved one is taken away from you by the hands of someone else, especially when it's on some fuck shit, you know what I'm saying? There, there is no justice. The only type of the only thing that would be true justice would be to get your family member back in 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 life form, and you can't do that. You know what I'm saying? You're right. But, but to see the people that cause the pain saying, to your fan to ca- cause right, the pain in your family, they right. need to be prosecuted yeah. to the full extent the of fullest the law. Extent of law. He has, he's not been able to do that. He hasn't so, been effective in, in he has that not been right. Effective. Because so, my thing is, it's hard to see why is George Zimmerman still worth more money than Trayvon Martin's family was awarded. Like, you know what I'm saying? Which, right. and and let me say this: I know that I think the with the Trayvon Martin situation, whatever they got, from my understanding, it was an undisclosed amount. So I don't mm. know that anybody really knows how much they got, but by judging of the amounts that were awarded, like in the cases of Michael Brown and Tamir Rice, I would imagine that it would fall probably somewhere within the same lines. Because like, well, Mike Brown, from my understanding, his family only got like one and a half million dollars. And with um, Tamir Rice, I think they said, I think his family got like six million. Like, mm, yeah, I think something like that. Yeah. That, that's not no money. Like I, I like once again, like I said, having money, like you said, money doesn't equate justice. Money's not gonna bring your loved one back. But Correct. my thing is, I personally feel like if I were in that situation, I feel like I would rather see a motherfucker ride in prison or get the death penalty versus being out here still able to go work a a, a job every day and live their life. You know no what doubt. I'm saying? No George doubt. Zimmerman out here getting book deals and doing talk shows and shit like that. My question is, what I pose is more so, why is he not effective in in the course of getting the conviction? Is it him? Is it the fact that the we just dealing with such a corrupt and unjust system that he's not really being given a fair chance? But I mean, I, I can't, I don't really know. It, it, it could be all those things combined, you know, and it really but, is because we all know the justice system is, is slighted oh, against, you know, African-Americans and people of color. We already know that, you know, Facts. but the this, this situation is there has to be some other lawyers out there that you can get. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, <laughs> ain't nobody Benjamin else Crump out here. Face on TV all the time. That's my point. Yeah, and that's the whole thing. Like, ain't nobody else out here like fighting these type of cases. Like, where, where's the other lawyers? Do they all work for him? Like, right. is he the only law firm? Like, why where, is he where's like the NAACP the... with the references? You know what I'm saying? I, I don't know, but I mean, these are same. If these are the same motherfuckers that's behind Rachel Dolezal, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Do you yeah, really? They judgment might not be the best either. I mean, shit, I, it, it's almost kind of like that. He the Al Sharpton of lawyers. Like you, the only one that always show up when the shit go down. Yeah, but hey, hey, I ain't got no problems with Al Sharpton. I like Al. I met Al once, one time. Skinny Al, skinny Al, a big Al. <laughs> 
I met Big Al in, in New Orleans one time. Shout out to uh, Essence yeah. Fest. Shout out to Essence Fest. <laughs> you know what? I'm done with you. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And there you have it. I want to thank my big bro, Mr. Jimmy Jam, for sitting in with me this week, chopping it up like we always do. Love you, big bro. And we're about to get out of here, so be sure to hit us up on Instagram or Twitter at the Monty J Project, or you can join our private group on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash the Monty J Project. If you have a question or a comment or a topic suggestion, anything of that nature, feel free to email us at the Monty J Project at gmail.com. See y'all next week. Peace.